Let's open our Bibles to Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20, I'm glad to be here with you this evening. Understanding that I have not yet arrived, I would rather be down there with you listening. Uh, however, I had the opportunity to stand up here uh, and fill in for pastor, and I'm glad for those opportunities as they come along. And so I want to look at uh, the scripture with you tonight. This is um, probably something more befitting to a devotion, um, but devotions are on Sunday and this is Wednesday, amen? And uh, so we're going to deal with it tonight. I want to look at Acts chapter number 20. Thank you, fellows, for your special there. My dad also plays the trombone, but he doesn't do this. He does this. And I don't know how it sounds the same, but it comes out the same. So I'm glad for musical talent that we have here in our church and uh, spread across so many people, starting with uh, the, the pianist and organist and our uh, orchestra, and I, I think there is even musical talent that we've not discovered yet. And uh, so looking forward to seeing that. I feel a little bit, well, let's start with the scripture here, and then um, we'll get started. Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 32. Uh, let's stand in honor of the reading of God's word. Acts chapter number 20, verse number 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I've coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, for these uh, things, uh, words of man that express your thoughts that became scripture and a rule of faith and life to us now in this time. Lord, we pray that you might please bless this scripture. Help me to say everything that needs to be said and to leave off those things that do not, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I feel a little bit tonight like I'm preaching to the choir, which some of the choirs here, but not all the choir. But in a general sense, preaching to the choir, understanding... Uh, what you do in service uh, to the Lord, in service uh, to uh, the members of this church, to the community, our uh, love works in Sioux Falls and the different things that we are doing there. I'm thinking, wow, it's a good thing that we got the uh, fire stations handled pretty quick, amen? Um, they paid that back pretty quick. Um, but you know, there's something that uh, is known about this church by anybody who has visited much here, and that is uh, how generous you are in the Lord's work. 
And I praise the Lord for that. I, my family and I as uh, missionaries have uh, benefited from that. And then here as uh, church members, uh, we have been able to participate at, in that in the direction of giving. And so uh, I am thinking after vacation Bible school, maybe is not the best time to present this, but this is when the Lord scheduled me in to uh, be here, amen? And to look and to look at uh, vacation Bible school and, and everything that, that took place there, the tremendous gifts of generosity is just amazing. Uh, first of all, just your time. I mean, if you look at the man hours invested to, to put in the, the vacation Bible school, a, a very generous effort from this church to the community and to those young people. And, and uh, often uh, we looked at things on the mission field and just think, okay, if one person gets saved from this, it's all paid. And we're glad for the reports that there was actually more than one, amen? And uh, we look forward to learning more about that, uh, and not for our glory, but for the Lord's glory, certainly. But it took a, a tremendous time commitment. Uh, it took a, a lot of uh, time and effort to prepare for it. Uh, Brother Jet uh, mentioned, I think it was maybe even the Sunday night before it started, and he mentioned, hey, I've been looking at the, the lists out there, and we seem to be deficient. And so Don and I went out there, and we were looking at it and, and looking to see. We were taking down notes. We were asking people, what does this mean? Where do you get this? And trying to make notes about what we could do, you know, within our budget, right? You got to stay in budget. And we had a budget. Um, but we were within budget and um, making sure that we had everything right and uh, Don was able to help in the kitchen and things with the snacks and it became evident pretty quickly that, uh, well, we were late to the party. The giving there was abundant. In fact, it was so abundant that what we had planned to get and bring in was going to be extraneous. It was not going to be helpful. It was going to be not helpful. Have you ever given a gift that was not helpful? Sometimes people in their generosity give gifts that are not helpful. And that's what this one would have been. And so we were late. We didn't get to be as generous this year with, with uh, Vacation Bible School as we would have liked. It was an opportunity that we missed. But exercising generous giving is a way for us that we can grow spiritually. I don't know whether you know the name, but David Green, he is the founder of Hobby Lobby. He wrote a book that's called Giving It All Away and Giving, Getting It All Back Again. I thought, well, that's an intriguing title for a book. But if you look on Amazon.com, there's, uh, there's kind of an introduction to it there, and it says the book is part memoir, part personal manifesto, will change the way you think about prosperity teaching you that true wealth is more than about money. It is about growing your faith, and your family, and your intellectual capital. I want to speak to you a few minutes tonight about generosity, and I'm learning in this. I'm not going to say I just know everything about it. I think that God gives us a way to measure our generosity that I'll speak about at the end, but just... Um, Jumping into to our notes and thoughts about gener generosity, what is generosity? How could we define it? Generosity is simply a sharing abundance with another to meet a need. Have you ever been the recipient of generosity? 
Anybody? Yeah? Uh, how many of you have been able to, from yourself to someone else, to be generous? Yeah. Uh, in this country, that should not be a strange thing, seeing how God has prospered us as a nation. Amen? While studying for this, uh, it's interesting, all of the different ideas that, that people have regarding generosity, and certainly we as Christians, our, our greatest generosity is to spread the gospel around the world. Amen? To, to go to whatever lengths, to whatever cost it takes to spread the good news, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he was, he is, he came down here to earth to save us from our sins, he died for our sins, he rose again to be our savior, amen, and to give us eternal life, the most generous gift outside of Jesus Christ himself. And so, the, the different things that can be given, um, if you, I don't know if you want to call them possessions or not, but certainly some of the most valuable of our possessions to give is our time. Our time is precious because when we give it away, we don't get a new one. We get another one, Lord willing, but we don't get a new one. And when it's given, it's gone. The, the memory of it is written in the pages of history and maybe, hopefully, in the pages of heaven forever. Often tied to this is this time thing is energy. Have you ever had the time but you didn't have the energy? Uh, it it kind of takes both things together to really accomplish something. And uh, if you have all the energy in the world but no time, you're not the one being generous because you are not giving. And so it kind of takes both of those things uh, together. Somebody here, I don't know who this guy is, but I found on the internet uh, something called the generosity movement. And uh, this guy, his name is Bill High, says that uh, this is the hardest gift for him to give, his time. And if you know our crazy culture, our crazy schedule in this country, it's hard to uh, set aside time to do things that you want to do, let alone set aside time to be generous with other people. That was one thing that we had to learn coming back from the mission field is, is America runs at a different pace than Ukraine or Africa or someplace like that. And yeah, here we run. Maybe we could walk, even walk fast in Ukraine, here we got to run. And uh, it's just a crazy cultural thing that we just have to hurry, 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 hurry. However, he says it's the hardest gift for him to give, but then we understand that it is probably the most valuable gift. Other ways people found of being generous is maybe to paint somebody's house. You take their paint smeared all over, that doesn't cost you anything and it can be fun, amen? Especially if you get the other guy. I mean, if you get it all done in one day, yeah. There, there are different ways to be generous. You can spend your time to do these things. Lend them your vehicle. I've had two different people lend me vehicles over the last two weeks because both of ours went needed repairs. One is still sitting in my garage at my new house, dead. So we're still able, because of the gracious gift of the family of the church, my son and daughter-in-law, thank you, uh, that we can drive around their car and have a second vehicle to get around and handle the things that we need to. You can watch somebody's kids while they go do errands. Have you ever known a, a haggard mom that she couldn't get anything done, but she needs to get something done? Sometimes it's just the gift of time to watch those kids. 
So anything that we can do out of generosity, it does not necessarily have to be monetary. That means teenagers, you can give in on this thing. The teenagers get a lot of preaching around here. Have you all noticed that? I'm not going to come like pastor over here and say things to the teenagers, but I am going to say things to the teenagers. Because there are ways, uh, a lot of times people think generosity is only related to money and I don't have any, so I can't be generous, and it's just not true. I learned that you can uh, volunteer your voice. I thought I wouldn't want to give away my voice. But there are places that you can donate your time. Either you are reading things, and, and it's scary now. If you saw news uh, today, they have AI, and it recorded some, some girl's voice, and then it made a call to the mom and made a ransom plea. That was a scary thing. But you can lend your voice uh, to different projects, and um, I read about a few of those. Uh, reading for the visually impaired, uh, you could do that in person, Amen. You don't have to do it on a computer program where it can be stolen and uh, everything done with it. But uh, by the way, there are times that people just want the Bible read to them. There's something that can kind of tie with uh, our purpose for being here and we can be generous with our time in that way. Have you ever known somebody that was generous in their compliments? There are people that are generous with their compliments and they are uplifting people. They are helpful. People that are generous in their prayers that's another time thing, but, but that is something where we can spend our time and, and that generosity is not going to be seen by everyone, but the Bible says that our Father in Heaven sees that. And I tell you what, the, the, the older I get, the more things I want to count that He sees, rather than the world seeing it. The world doesn't, uh, the world doesn't rate it right, the world doesn't value it the way that the Lord uh, values it. And so my generosity, I'm trying to aim more towards things that God would see. And we'll find that that even applies even in financial things. So you can use your skills and talents and knowledge used in your job or hobby to benefit others. I've benefited from knowledge of church members, things that they have told to me or suggested to me. Sometimes they might not even know that, that, that they were being generous. But in my opinion, when I'm learning something while you're talking, you're being generous to me. And I'm glad for that. By the way, there's possessions other than money that can be generous gifts to others. And also, if you look at, uh, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Here is a way that every one of us needs to be generous, one with another here in this body. Sharing things that the Lord has taught you is a way that you can generously benefit others, either with wisdom maybe with knowledge, with exhortation, with comfort. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. So that means when we have problems, we should be learning. Amen? God is teaching us, sometimes He allows problems in our life because He is teaching us and, and He's schooling us, maybe. But that is to be a learning experience that is not to be turned inward, it is to be used when it helps us. You can bet it's going to help someone else. Who comforteth us 
in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. There's a whole sermon could be preached from verse number 5 there. If we want comfort from Christ, we must be willing to suffer for Him. Amen? There are a lot of times that we're not doing, we're not suffering much for Christ. We're just suffering and then we're seeking the Lord's comfort. Where if He, if um, we could show that we're doing these things out of service to Him, then the comfort comes. That's the short version of that sermon. But generosity, by the way, just so that we're clear, generosity isn't unloading your stuff. Well, I don't want this. Here, I'll give it to them. I've been around those. And in fact, I think I still have some things that will probably, Lord willing, move on Saturday from one house to the next. Things that were given to me that the, the other, it meant nothing to the other person. They're just like, didn't want it anymore. Here, I'm, I'm going to give you a gift. Thanks. <laughs> you know, if you can't bring yourself to get rid of it, why do you burden somebody else with it? Handle it yourself. I, I heard a sermon from a pastor of a large church out in California not too long that, that brought up this point. He said, you shouldn't have a junk drawer at home. Clean it up. Get some order in the house. Come on. I thought that was an interesting sermon. I wished I would have heard the beginning of it. By the way, I, I'm, I'm afraid that missionaries have been dumped on over the years in this manner, in the, in the name of generosity. And, I, I, and there are plenty enough generous churches. And again, Eastside is a very generous church. But having been around to other churches, I've experienced other things. And, you know, I think that David's example probably is a great example for us. Look at 2 Samuel chapter number 24. 2 Samuel 24 and verse number 23. It says, All these things did Arona as a king... Give unto the king. So he was very generous himself. And Arona said unto the king, The Lord thy God accept thee. And the king said unto Arona, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. That's dumping. Have you ever been dumping? Don't call it generosity if it's dumping. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. Generosity is not dumping. By the way, generosity is not to be transactional. A lot of times we do things trying to be a help to someone and that's a good thing. But our idea about generosity, it becomes transactional where we think, okay, I'm going to do this for somebody and they're going to like me. So you're trying to buy popularity. Oh, I'm going to do this and they're going to begin to attend church. So you're going to buy their church attendance. And you think, well, uh, you're going to buy their decision to follow the Lord. Our generosity has to be no strings attached. Uh, I, I knew somebody in Ukraine, they would give a gift, but they tracked it like, like 
like it had one of those air tracker things in it from Apple, you know, you slip it in there and then you can see it anywhere in the world. And, and they would give a gift and they called it a gift and it was called generosity, but boy, if you used it wrong, you heard about it. And if you gave it away, you know, to somebody else, oh. And while it was a kind gesture at the time, it, it wasn't generosity. Why? Because it was tied to something. It was transactional. When you give a gift, I, I, I will just tell you, if I give you a gift, I don't care if you take it out in the foyer and torch it. It was a gift. Freely I've received, freely I give. If it's your gift, your birthday gift, you do with it what you want to, what you think you need to. I've given people gifts and they turned around and gave it away to somebody else. Like, well, I guess that wasn't a so, such a great gift this time. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't value it as much as I did. J.C. Penney said, I have found that unselfishness pays because it tends to engender unselfishness. Generosity is the stewardship of what I've received. To be a gift to others for their betterment and in a manner or quality or quantity that they cannot or cannot easily pay back. Look at Luke chapter number 6. Luke chapter number 6. Something that is interesting to some of the names I'll bring up to you here tonight is these, these people were genuinely wealthy. One thing I, that I like about doing the financial peace classes is when you get down to the last lesson, you know, all of the grief and all of the pain that you go through in the baby steps to get down to the end, Dave Ramsey explains at the end and he says, here's why. It's so that you're building a foundation so that you can be outrageously generous. And uh, uh, wealthy is a way to do that, but uh, wealthy is uh, really not that special all by itself other than for self-praise. But if you can turn that around and use it for particular means, that's where that wealth actually finds its meaning and its strength. In Luke chapter number 6, it says... Uh, and if you, uh, verse 33, Luke chapter 6, verse 33, and if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. In other words, his generosity knows no bounds. Proverbs 22, 9, you don't need to turn there. I'll read it to you. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. Look over a few pages to chapter 14, Luke 14 and verse 12. Luke chapter 14 and verse 12. Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be 
made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee. For thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. One pastor was talking to a church member one day. He understood this church member went around. It was kind of his mantra. He said, well, you can't outgive, can't outgive God. Have you ever said that? Oh, you can't outgive God. There's not that many people that try, but there are ones that say that. And he asked him, the pastor asked the church member, uh, if he was not in danger of beggaring himself through multiple gifts. And he said, no. I shovel out and God shovels in. But he uses a bigger shovel than me. And by the way, he started shoveling first. I remember we had a big deal in our first church in Ukraine. It was such a big deal. We had church members uh, that got upset because there was an elderly woman in our congregation and uh, the Lord uh, just taught her how to give and people saw what she gave and heard her testimonies about how she was able to give and they started calculating up that amount versus what her salary was as a washwoman at the railroad hospital. And they began to be offended thinking she doesn't even have enough to provide for herself and she's giving her, well guess what? She would make dinner for the missionaries, her pastor. She made dinner for them every Sunday. And whether or not she was able to be in church, she could get out to the curb and con some old guy in a car to bring it to us for free wherever we lived in town. Many a time, I mean, you, you would be surprised what, Brother Sam, you'd be surprised what different angels look like. We saw a bunch of Russian ones. And they'd say, well, this lady, she told me to bring this bag, and she gave me your address, and uh, so here it is. We said, well, uh, her name is Paulina, and she loves the Lord. And God supplies her need, and so out of her abundance, she gives away and gives away and gives away and gives away, to the extent that there were church members that got offended at it until they really understood and got a hold of that. But she had learned how to be generous with what she had. We were benefactors of it, but we weren't the only ones of it. I mean, we, we benefited from it, but we weren't the only ones. Um, there were many others. Generosity in our life or the lack of it helps us see our priorities. What are we concentrating on? What does it tell us about us? And, and sometimes it just tells us we're not ready. We're not able yet. We may not have abundance of finances, but we can be generous with the other things that we do have. Amen? And, and we can and we should, and, and, and if at all possible, use those things for the Lord's work as well, the things that we can be generous in. If all it is is giving of our time, great. If it's giving of other things, great. Tremendous. But in the, in the practical then, I wanted to speak just to add on to the end here because this idea of generosity is something that I and my wife are, are trying to sort out in our current station in life with all the things that are going on right now. By the way, the Bible says that God so loved that he what? Gave. 
That's what generosity is, is it's giving. And so for Christians, faith and generosity, and this is, a, this is something that, that Mr. High said, this is something that Dave Ramsey says, this is the, these people that are generous say, it begins with a systematic giving. In other words, you have a system for giving. I think that God has kind of built that into us, amen, with the tithe. We come to church, we learn about tithe, it's giving 10% of our increase back to the Lord as, uh, as, well, one pastor we had said, we give tithes to prove we're honest. We give offerings to prove our love. Oh, wow. And he said that pretty much every offering. So you were confronted with it just, you know, all of the time, all of the time. But being able to give back to the Lord a portion of what he's given to us is a biblical principle. And we're trying to figure out from, for us uh, what would be generous or how do we gauge generosity. I mean, we're coming up in September, the, the um, uh, local church planners conference, and then in October, our foreign missions conference. Does anybody struggle with coming up in, for an amount every year? I mean, we got to pray on it. Like, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? What, what do I give? How, is this the right amount? Is that the right amount? And I've heard it preached. I've heard pastors say, uh, just come up with an amount and then give that. And, and sometimes people come up with just some of the craziest things. They might come up with something that's three times their salary. How are you going to give that? Oh, God will supply. And I don't want to denigrate that, but, but God shows us a different principle. Interestingly enough, with the tithe, he makes it even to everyone. So for me, it's 10%. How much is it for you? You too, Brother Kim? Brother Sam? You got 10% too? You didn't get a sticker that says you got to give 15 or something like that? <laughs> no, God, God makes it that way for all of us. And so I'm, I'm just going to say, and I'm, I'm trying to wrap up. I, I still have this many notes. In Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. And certainly I think that there's an argument to be made that if, if you are generous... God will bless you. But I don't want to concentrate on the give and the get. Again, that's not the generosity that we're talking about. If we're speaking about true generosity, we're not worried about what we get. We're not thinking about what we get. It's not a transactional thing. I'm trying to be generous. And my wife and I are considering this. How, how can we do this? And how can, how can the Lord be involved in this with us? Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17 says, He that hath pity on the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 25, The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. It's interesting here that as we read verses on generosity and giving, that, that the Lord continually gives a promise with this that he's paying attention to it. No, there's nobody in the world that can make promises like this but God. 
I mean, they can make the promises, but they don't have the power to uphold them like he does. And here we have it in eternal scripture. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord. Saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. There's always a promise there that as we give, the Lord pays attention to that, and some way or another he works to supply so that we are continually in that receiving, turning it around, and giving. And we hear messages on this, especially at, at, the, at the missions conference times and other special offerings and things. There was a biographer who said that the hardest problem that he faces in discovering a real person about whom he is to write, he says it's fairly easy. You can find out what he said, where he went, what he did. But what kind of a guy is he inside? The, who's the true person? And, and he said he, he, he would find that out as he found out how that person spent their money. What, uh, what did their funds go to? What did they invest in? What did they spend on? That was the thing that told the true story about the inner person. And in this struggle for us to determine what to give, because just for instance, uh, we have heard the missions fund is doing well, but our church has debt. And uh, I don't know the level of that debt. I know that in our business meeting, we're looking forward to it losing one place or, you know, one decimal place this year, maybe sometime this summer. That'd be tremendous. My wife and I are looking at each other and we're like, we don't, we don't know how much to give or, or even when we can give it, how how can we do this? And, and we came, I'm just saying this is the system du jour. This could change also. But for right now, we're finding that coming up with a percentage thing that we can cover our missions commitment and we can add to the debt and maybe even have some money left over to meet some of the special needs like VBS and, and different things that come up. Uh, giving for camp my son is, has benefited from giving to, to camp. I thank you, any of you that participated in that. And I praise the Lord for that. That's, that's generosity from, from you that, that my son is enjoying, and we thank you for that. But I'm just going to put it out there, and, and we'll be through. Maybe you can come up with a percentage of your own for your giving. And this to me is a challenge because uh, while I don't know, I can't put a dollar figure on it. If I put a percentage, first of all, I know I have that much because God gave me 100%, amen? Let me show you an, uh, uh, just an, two interesting verses here. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. We all know this. We hear this just about every missions conference, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Well, who's to say for me what is sparing or what is bountiful? I think only the Lord can judge that. 
But here's what I really want you to see, and it's a, it's a chapter before, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 11. Now therefore perform the doing of it. Paul is speaking to the Corinthians about collecting an offering that was going to go to the poor saints in Jerusalem. He says that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which, what's the next two words? You can't give what you don't have. And while you may take steps of faith to sell something and meet that obligation, that commitment every month, and many people do that, I don't have a problem with that. But what I see here is a principle is, is verse 12, if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. I love my wife but I'm going to tell you about a girlfriend. She is a great girlfriend. I'd get off of work, she'd get off of work, and I'd go pick her up from work so we could go have dinner together or something like that. And on the way, it's just highway. There's no flower shops, there's no you know, chocolate vendors, there's nobody on the side of the corner of the road selling roses real quick as I drove by, anything like that, and I would arrive I didn't have a gift for her and I say well I was going to get you flowers I, I just didn't have time to stop and and she said oh that's all right it's the thought that counts good grief I could have give you a million dollars I could really get some clout some credit here man I you know what I'm saying brother Chad I mean all those things that that you wanted to give your wife all you gotta do is think about it because it's the thought that counts. But that's not what God's looking at. God says he's looking at the gift. Whether it's sparingly or bountifully, God judges. But here's something that I learned. If, if, I, if I put a percentage on my offering, so I give 10% to the tithe and I, I put another percentage on my other offerings to cover these other things that I want to do. And right now it's covering our missions commitment plus some. So it, it looks like we'll be able to give more to missions this year than, than our commitment. And, and I'm not saying that to, to just say, oh, look at me, good guy, whatever else. But what I found is, is if I put a percentage on those offerings, I put God in charge of how much I give. And if God lets my earnings go down, he's responsible and, and my giving goes down proportionately. If he prospers us, we're going to give more. And so far this year, he's prospering us. And because of that percentage thing, it's working out that we can give more. I don't know what the dollar amount is. I couldn't tell you the dollar amount, and, and I can't figure it out, but God's given me 100%. He asked for 10%, so out of my 90%, I have, according to that a man hath, God's paying attention, and I can give. And so we're testing this out, because now it, it's, it's working out that with this percentage that, that I think the Lord has worked in our heart, that we're given not only our tithe and, and we're coming above our missions commitment, well, now we can give to the building debt. 
which is heavy on my heart. I'd like to get that thing knocked out by the end of this year so that we can start looking at the, what do we want out here? I mean, the land's ready. I think it's like a gymnasium slash bus barn or something, right? But there's something in the way. And all of the ministry that that enables, there's something in the way. And so we just have been examining our own finances. And Lord, what can we do out of our own finances that we can work on this thing? And so I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, we're, we're starting to participate. In fact, this, uh, this month will be our first offering towards the church debt. And based on a percentage and things there, and, and if the Lord prospers us, it's going to be more. But this percentage thing, it, it, it just seems so powerful. And if you don't think so, think about what, what is called the widow's might. The Pharisees got so upset because Jesus said, man, she gave more than all of them and they're holding her two mites and, and they're holding their offering that they brought. I'm like, what in the world is he talking about? I, I think there's something here to this percentage thing. Because her percentage was so much more than theirs. And I think that this is something that could benefit our church of basing our giving on a percentage. And we'll see how, how does the Lord prosper us. And I'll take my percentage and it goes here and it goes here and it goes to there. Ooh. And if the Lord prospers me, that goes up. The percentage stays the same, but my offerings go up. And if I want to take back some control from the Lord, I can change that percentage. I can add more to it. But God's in charge, and, and this is our step of faith this year, changing to a percentage method of calculating our offerings so that whatever we make, it is out of what he says here. It is accepted according to that a man hath. And I'll just say, I, I know... Uh, that sometimes coming down to the missions commitment and all that, I'm wondering, okay, um, what are we going to give for this? What are we going to give for that? And I'm not sure what to give and all of that. I, I know what I'm giving this year. And I'm just waiting to see how the Lord blesses it and, and what he does with it. It's going to be a tremendous thing. But I'm pretty sure we're going to be able to give more than we committed to last year because of this. And urge you to consider about it. The widow's mites there, that was a pretty high percentage offering. And Jesus noticed. I mean, he noticed so much that he commented about it right there. Do you think that was the first offering Jesus had ever seen? I think he had seen hundreds of them, if not thousands of offerings. And he knew the people that were behind him, amen? <laughs> he knew who it was that was given and, and really, did it, did it hurt? Did it not hurt? For her, he noticed it hurt. One last fellow I'll bring to your attention. You may or may not know his name. His name is R.G. Letourneau. He, he um, if I understand it, created those great big earth-moving vehicles and all of that. The testimony about him is, is he found a way in his life and in his relationship with the Lord so that he flipped roles with the Lord and he got 10% and God got 90% and he was able to live on it. Uh, that's somebody that's generous. That's somebody that has, uh, is looking at the Lord and saying, Lord, here's what I have. 
and let it be accepted. And he put that percentage on it, and God blessed him. And he just, he ran it all the way up. That's my understanding, all the way up to God got 90%. And I think that the Lord can bless our generosity here. I just put in my plug on the financial side about going to a percentage calculated offering giving system for all of the needs of the church. There's never a, a, a lack for finances around churches to be sure. If we can be generous with these other things that I mentioned, certainly we should commit to that. But uh, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed, let's stand. I'm going to pray while the music is playing. There will just be opportunity for you to come and pray. If the Lord wants you to commit to a percentage offering, just come and make that commitment to him tonight and say, Lord, this is what I'm going to do. I accept the challenge. I, I accept what uh, is being presented here tonight. And um, you decide that with the Lord and, and invite you to, to see what the Lord does with what you do have. He may want you to do a little bit of rearranging or refixing, rearranging. Maybe, maybe fix up your priorities a little bit to jack up that percentage just a little bit. But I tell you what, when you put God in charge of, of your offerings there and you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to be... I'm going to be set with this. My, my faith promise this year is going to be this percentage. Man, just watch how God's going to make that thing bloom and bless. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your many blessings to us. And Lord, uh, if we're honest, you've blessed us above, uh, frankly, billions of people in this world as far as finances are concerned, as far as freedom is concerned. As far as our ability to express our own opinions and thoughts, as expressed in the ability to open your word and, and to hold up the Bible and, and all of these things, Lord, you have blessed us above many others. And I believe that that gives us a responsibility that is above others. But Lord, as we consider generosity tonight in our giving, Lord, I pray that we might examine our finances and see if we can put it in, in something that appears to be a, a, a biblical system of, of a percentage offering. Lord, I, I, I'm confident that the offerings that I give, not to be proud about it, but the offerings that I give, I'm sure, uh, are in worth more than this widow's two mites. But, but her gift is, is set here in Scripture forever. What a tremendous testimony to your working in her life and, and your value in her life. And we thank you for that example and the examples of these other Christian businessmen. I think about Truett Cathy and the family with the Chick-fil-A franchise and things there, their generosity. I've benefited from that many times and I know many others, thousands of others have. And Lord, they've learned these principles from you and Lord, I pray that you might help us in this congregation to get a hold of this and to be generous, especially toward your work and to, to your uh, mission. And pray, Lord, that you would please bless the decisions that are made here this evening, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.